Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Welcome to Lockbox, a podcast providing real estate professionals with action items for success. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm going to be your host. I'm the founder of two real estate marketing and tech companies, Steezy.Digital and RealNurture.io. In this podcast, you'll learn from top 1% real estate and mortgage brokers the exact secrets to their success. Welcome to Lockbox. Welcome to Lockbox. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm here today with Matthew Sullivan. Matthew, thank you so much for being with us. Jeffrey, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So why don't you start off by telling our listeners who you are and where you're from? Uh, well, I'm originally from the UK, uh, moved over here about uh, eight years ago. And um, one of the first things I did was get involved in uh, real estate, which is something that I had been planning to do for many, many years, but you know, somehow got distracted in the UK and uh, landed in Southern California. A couple of years ago, moved to just north of Salt Lake City in Utah. So I'm in Utah right now. Um, it's nice and sunny today. It'll probably snow tomorrow and then it'll be blast furnace hot uh, the following day. So, you know, all the, all the fun of the fair here. Awesome. And you mentioned that you moved from the UK to the United States and got into real estate. Why? What, what got you into real estate in the beginning? What was that first exposure to real estate? Well, it's one of those things that I'd always wanted to do. So my career has very much been uh, what one would describe as entrepreneurial. So in other words, you know, running my own business really for the last, gosh, 30 years or so. And I was primarily involved in telecoms, finance and technology. But real estate always was of interest, but I never managed to become a real estate investor. But one of the things that I really wanted to do when I moved over here was really understand how real estate uh, works in the US. It was like a fresh start for me. And one of the things that I really noticed more than anything else was the degree of um, information and sharing that was available to uh, people that wanted to invest or wanted to be real estate investors over here compared to what it was like in the UK. So much more of an open book over here, much more embracing. Um, and of course, the real estate um, sector here is far greater, has far more different segments to it. Uh, so it's really much more interesting and, and actually much more accessible in some ways. Yeah, that makes sense. So the allure was there, you arrived, dove into it. And now with your company, Quantum RE, I'm curious if you can just elaborate a little bit more on exactly what Quantum RE does today. Yeah, it's funny enough. So I started off in the crowdfunding space um, seven and a half years ago when it was hot on the heels of the changes in the Jobs Act, which made it possible to really solicit investment funds through online platforms. Really, the first major sort of change to the Securities Act in, in a number of years. And during that process, one of the asset classes that I came across was this concept of investing in the equity in single-family 
owner-occupied homes. Now, most people, when they invest in real estate, particularly if you're buying into single-family homes, you're going to be buying to rent. So you're buying a property, you'll own the property, and then you'll try and rent it out so that you've got some um, cash flow coming in to cover your um, debt servicing costs. But the problem with that is that you have to own the property. And if you own the property, you all the responsibility is yours in terms of, you know, the usual toilets, termites, tenants, trash, the usual stuff. Now, the asset class that we work with today at Quantum is very different because what we do is we co-invest with a homeowner and we get paid as investors and not as lenders. So what that means is that if you're a homeowner and you have equity in your home, we'll invest with you. We don't go on title as owners, but we are sort of investors. And the way we get paid is by taking a share of the appreciation or a share of the future value in your property. And that's very different to lending money. And because we're not lenders, we don't really have to worry too much about your debt to income ratio, your income, your debt serviceability um, capability, your credit score. So we can be much more flexible. It gives homeowners uh, the ability to access large chunks of their home equity without taking on more debt. And most importantly for us and our investors, we get to participate in the potential future equity appreciation of the home without all of those issues associated with ownership. So we don't have to service the debt. We don't have to look after the property. We don't have to collect rent from tenants. And we don't have any of the other costs associated. So we get all of the upside, which is the equity appreciation, um, with none of the downside uh, cost or involvement of property ownership. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. There's a very clear way to describe it, that you're not a lender, you're actually an investor and an equity partner in the property. So it seems like a passive investment where you're not benefiting from the cash flow, but you're also not worried about the property maintenance in any way, shape or form. You're tied to the appreciation of the property, which as we've seen in the American real estate realm, that's a safe bet. It is, but until it starts going down. so uh, And that's one of the big challenges of investing in real estate for capital appreciation is you've got to get the timing right. So for people that are buying into residential real estate today, you know, there's that, that nagging feeling always that are you buying at the top of the market? Mm-hmm. Um, are you going to have to wait for another cycle before you can actually make a profit? One of the real significant benefits of working with a home equity investment, the structure that we work with, is that there is inbuilt downside protection. So from an investor's perspective, this is a better way of owning or a better way of benefiting from the equity appreciation because you can make money through a home equity investment even if the property goes down in value. And the reason for that is that the agreements are structured like option agreements and they are built with an in the money element. And what that means is if the property goes down in value, even by 20 or 30 percent, there is still enough embedded value in that agreement. So if the property is sold, you don't make a loss. You can still make a profit as an investor. So as we enter high inflation, high interest rate environments where property house price appreciation is, is not certain, 
home equity investments provide a solid investment opportunity with that downside protection that is critical to people that uh, don't want to see you know losses accruing on their balance sheet very interesting yeah because that was my first thought was well we're getting into an environment where that appreciation isn't as certain as it has been the last couple of years so i'm curious how that works if price goes down but it seems like there's a 20 to 30 percent buffer there to where you're still quote unquote in the money I can tell you, I mean, I'll give you an example. So let's say you've got a million dollar property and you want us to invest 10%, which is $100,000. The agreement is that in exchange for 10% of the current value of the property, you agree with us that when you sell or refinance, you will pay us 16% of the value of the property at that time. So we're effectively buying 16% of the future value of the property in exchange for 10% of the current value. So we're buying $160,000 worth of value today, and we're paying $100,000 for it. And that is backed by a lien on the real estate. So it's a real estate transaction that is backed by a lien, and it's enforceable. And what that means is if the property goes down in value from, let's say, a million to $800,000, we've still got 16% of $800,000. So that's about 1.28, so it's $128,000. So our $100,000 investment is still worth $128,000, even though the underlying property has gone down by 20%. Wow. And you don't see that. Now, and the other thing is it really benefits the homeowner because the homeowner has got $100,000 of cash that they are investing or they're using to pay off their credit cards or they're doing other, you know, vital things with that cash. No monthly payments. It's a tax deferred investment. So they don't pay income tax on it. Um, it's a cap. It's they can, in fact, they can offset the cost of the agreement against their uh, ca- any capital gains tax liability that they have when they sell. So they're, they're happy. They're probably even happier because if they're property goes down in value, they're probably quite pleased that they've taken some chips off the table when it was at a higher price. And again, the critical thing for the homeowner is that they've got no, no monthly payments. So they, even though the economy may be getting harder for them, they haven't got to find that extra capital each month. Um, and from the investor's perspective, if the property goes up in value, great, they do well. If it goes down in value, then they still do okay uh, as long as the property doesn't completely crash and is then sold. Um, and what we found is that um, because we only work with people that have a minimum of 30% equity in their homes, uh, because these homeowners have so much equity and they have so much skin in the game, as it were, these are the people that are far less likely to sell or to hand their keys back because we're not over leveraging the homeowners. The homeowners have got lots of equity. We are equity partners with them. Our interests are aligned. Um, so it works very well from an investor and from a homeowner's perspective. Yeah, makes sense. So it appears to be for existing homeowners, not helping That's with correct. new yeah. home purchases. So we're working with existing homeowners that have equity in their homes, typically minimum 30% equity. Um, and um, there are other uh, guidelines in terms of the maximum that we'll invest and the minimum that we'll invest. Um, but th- those are the people that we're working with. Excellent. Yeah, it makes total sense. And 
Where do you see the industry going in the next five, 10 years? What are your projections? Well, it's been around for 10 years and the addressable market is enormous. So if you look at the amount of equity in residential homes in the US, it's around 23 plus trillion dollars. So that is the amount of equity. Now, if you look at the amount of tappable equity, it's going to be around 15 million, 15 trillion or so. Now, tappable equity is equity where people are able to access it. In other words, they've actually got sufficient equity in their homes um, that they're, they're able to access it. So first of all, the addressable market is very large. Secondly, we're addressing a real problem for homeowners. So the ability to access home equity without debt, without monthly payments, you know, without you know, having to jump through debt to income and credit score hoops, that's a very valuable proposition for homeowners that are looking to tap into some of their home wealth or without the burden of additional debt. It also works very well for investors because it's an untapped asset class. So um, the ability to buy into the equity appreciation of owner-occupied properties, you know, before home equity agreements was just not possible. You know, you you couldn't co-invest with an owner-occupier. You could maybe buy his mortgage or you could lend him money, but you couldn't co-invest as an investor with the uh, equity. So all of those factors combined, I think, give us a very positive outcome. And we're seeing significant investor interest in this space, both in terms of buying into the companies by way of venture capital, but also investing as the investors in the home equity investments themselves. So we're seeing lots of institutional investment solves a real problem for homeowners, very attractive proposition for investors, and an enormous addressable market. Uh, So I think all those factors combined um, really just present a very solid case for this asset class in the short and the medium term. Mm. I think that's a great summary. And uh, some interesting tailwinds as well with the what's going on in the world of real estate. It's interesting to be able to tap into that equity in a new way. And on your website, you, you mentioned unlocking equity. I, I think that's a perfect term for it because yes. this equity that was previously locked up, you'd have to either get a HELOC or just do something that was more traditional. Now you have the opportunity as a homeowner to do something else with it. And from an investment standpoint as well, you have an opportunity to do something else with it. And as you mentioned, to the tune of $13 trillion of, of money that's topable and could be leveraged in different ways. So super interesting product that you have. And you. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. One of my questions is about your entrepreneurial habits. So I'm curious, what's the single most important action that you've taken on a daily basis that has attributed most to your success? Well, again, I'm not sure if it's a daily action. I think it's something that's that you do each day, but it's not like, you know, do you know do i brush my hair a certain way each way or do i you know it's just that sense of sticking at something is that i think one of the most important characteristics um not just of an entrepreneur but just of being successful generally is one's ability to be doggedly determined to make it work come what may and it is that sense of um, unending, pure dogged determination. Each morning you get up and you've got to drive the business forward somehow. In other words, you can't have a day where you haven't achieved anything. So, you know, each day my 
the drive is I have to do something to push this forwards. And there's and it's a joy because there are so many different areas that I can work on in the business, um, whether it's sales or whether it's infrastructural development or, you know, marketing or, you know, so there are so many different options I have to be able to drive this forward. So it is a very fulfilling enterprise. But that characteristic, that habit is each day, you know, you know each day is important, you know, time flies and, you know, seize the day just to sort of, you know, use those rather overused expressions. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And just having urgency around each day and the opportunity that that day holds to progress your mission, vision, company forward. I I think that's a, a great point. So are there any books that you would recommend? Like, you know, one to three books have greatly influenced your life or career? I think really there are some that spring to mind as being really useful despite the sort of the hype and there's a book called getting things done or damn i can't remember the name of the guy that wrote it um, but it's it's sort of stick stick i've got a copy of it somewhere but i'll have to put it in the um you know in the show notes or something show notes yeah it, by i suffer from crs which is can't remember you know, um, so I just can't remember his name. But anyway, it, the important thing about this book is that he's an absolutely super duper famous guy who, and the best advice that I picked out of the book was that your mind is not designed to act as some sort of storage depot for useless information and f- you know stuff that you've got to do. It's designed to be creative. So if you fill your mind with lists of things you've got to do and you try and remember everything you've got to do when you've got to do it, then your mind becomes clogged and you become it's impossible for you to think creatively. So what you need to do is decant all of that useless information um, that prevents your creativity onto bits of paper or a book or an app that allows you to keep track of the things that you need to do and allow your mind free reign to be creative. Um, And that sort of unlocks this ability for you to um, think about working on your business rather than working in your business. And it also stops this terrible affliction that many of us have where we wake up at four o'clock on a Monday morning thinking, I've got to do this today, I've got to do that, I've got to do that. Because you know it's in a safe place. You know that if you go into your office, either in your one of your software apps or in your notebook, you know you've got the list of things that you've got to do. So you can relax knowing you haven't got to think about that. And that allows you to be to sort of point your mind into things that are far more important about, you know, how can you grow the business? How can you do something different or more exciting that takes your business that extra step forward? Yeah, makes sense. Is it David Allen? Yeah, how did you know that? Well, Google is an amazing thing. I've heard of that. That's some sort of search engine, isn't it? I'm sure yeah. it's, it's bound to catch on. Now, it David, works, Adam, I like your you're, brain. you're absolutely right. And it's called getting stuff done, I think. Is it something like that? Or Yeah, getting things done. Getting yeah, things done. So, well, I was pretty close. Well, thank you. Yes. Team effort. Team effort. Yep. So awesome book suggestion. I couldn't agree more. I find as well, getting the list items down onto paper helps to clear up my creativity. I haven't heard it said that way, but it makes sense. It's been my experience as well. So it sounds like a great book. 
It is, and it's a great thing to do as well because you just it, that sense of relief that you you just mm-hmm. haven't got that burden of trying to remember everything. It's like trying to remember an incredibly complicated symphony, you know, playing as first violin. You 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 don't you have it in front of you. So, um, yep. so it's it's a it's a it's a great book. And and yeah. also, there's a lot of stuff that he does um, with you know Google and YouTube and all that sort of stuff, where he's actually presenting to um, you know various audiences, and he sort of dives into sort of other detail about how that works. Sorry, my my daughter's busy banging on the window. I'm, I'm desperately trying to sort of wave her off as I'm speaking to you. <laughs> That's all right. I thought someone was chopping vegetables. It does nice sound like if you know it was nice. It was a two and a half year old who does not obey any type of instruction known to man. <laughs> That's awesome. So, is there a question that I should have asked you, or anything that you'd like to expand upon from earlier? No, I don't think so. But I, I think you know the critical thing with all of this sort of stuff, but both from real estate investing and business, and it, it you know we can go on for hours, but it is. The thing that's really helped me is is just structure and, you know, just having defined goals. And I think that helps everybody, um, whether they're short-term goals or long-term goals. But just knowing what you're driving at, knowing why you're doing it, to, to sort of avoid this sort of drifting effect or this drifting feeling. And that's relevant for real estate investing. You know, treat that like a job because otherwise you'll miss something vital. And the problem is you've just given me license to ramble on for hours. So, but, but, you know, there's so many different things one sort of learns over the years. Um, But most of it comes just down to focus and, and just checking to make sure that you're on track, you know, where do you want to go and are you getting there? And if you're not, then where are you going and how do you get back on track? Yep. It's a great point. And something that for me, I do a lot of goal setting planning. I've even taught goal setting to representatives that have worked with me, but it's so funny how you can get lost in the journey of action and just not check your goals of where you're at. What kind of progress are you making towards them? And so it's, it's pretty funny that it's, you almost have to remind yourself like, Hey, checking on your goals, right? Well, otherwise have, you have it right a, in front of you. You, be, you become a busy fool. You become incredibly busy and, and you're like, oh yeah, God. And, and it's people that say to me, you know, I, I spent so much time in this and I've spent so much time on that. You think you're missing the point. It's not about time. You can't justify something being successful because you've spent a lot of time on it. You know, what's the outcome? What happened as a result of your effort? You could spend five minutes on something and it could be wildly successful. Um, so one, one of the irritants is people that say, I don't know why it didn't work because I spent all day on it. And you think those two are incompatible. You know, right. It didn't work because... Those don't have correlation. For a thousand different reasons. Nothing to do with the amount of time you did it, you, you put on it. And so... Um, you know, there are those things, but, but no, you're right. Goal setting. It is important just to, you know, so you're not fooling yourself. That's the problem. You've got to be quite rigorous with that and uh, yeah, not, not believe too much of your own PR. And for me, it's more so checking back on the goals and holding myself accountable to the goals. I can set them, but then it's are easy they real to set goals. Them are they fake goals. Yeah. My goal today is to get out of bed. Ta-da! Achieved my data. Yeah, exactly. So it has, you're right. You you have to set the right goals so you actually you know so they mean something. Well, yeah, but so I guess what I mean more is I could set a top line revenue growth of eighty percent in the next twelve months goal and then break it down based on month 
and then week and then day and also break it down to the action items, the leading indicators yep. that it will take to then accomplish that goal. That's setting them. That's setting a very specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and you know, time-based goal. Yes. However, if you do that January 1st, you don't check it until the following January 1st, you're probably not going to hit that goal. Yeah, so I guess right. what I meant, what I meant more was like the, the check-in, the, the yes. Hey, looking at the map every, every week, every month, every day to see how far off you are and how to get back on. That's, that's where I, I struggle more than the setting part. And it's funny because I think really as an entrepreneur, you think, well, I don't need all that stuff. You know, I don't need a business plan. I don't need goals. I, I just, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to, you know, get busy. It, it'll work out. But funnily enough, the reason I think most people fail is because they don't have that structure. They don't have that pathway or those uh, guidelines to know whether they're actually achieving anything or, um, so th- that is, you know, really important. Yep. I agree. Well, how can listeners contact you? Everything's on our website, um, which is quantumre.com. That's Q-U-A-N-T-M-R-E.com. So we've got contact details. We've got details about the company. And there's a calculator there to find out how much equity you can unlock. Uh, There's a details about how to become an investor because you can also invest in these um so you can unlock equity from a homeowner's perspective from an investor very soon you'll be able to buy tokenized fractions of these home equity agreements Uh, so that really is making institutional grade investments available to the uh, smaller investor um there's lots of podcasts and blogs and articles so you know and there's obviously ways of contacting us um on the site so it's quantumre.com awesome sounds great matthew sullivan everyone from quantum re unlocking equity for investors and homeowners with a new unique product that it's not really that new it's been around for like five years now since 2017 but you might be hearing of it for the first time so check them out and if you're interested just reach out to learn more thank you so much matthew appreciate having you on jeffrey thank you it was my pleasure thanks for having me on thank you for listening if you want to accomplish your real estate goals then i highly suggest downloading my free ultimate real estate goal setting framework the link is in the description of the show and it will help you break down your annual income goal into the amount of phone calls appointments or open houses you need in order to achieve that goal thank you so much And we'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.